0: Hello, Kia ora, Shemai. Welcome to the Be Better Podcast. This podcast is aimed at helping you go B Corp and beyond. And in this podcast, we connect with other certified B Corporations, aspiring B Corps, and other aligned individuals to help you understand the what, why, and how of B Corp certification.
1: Kia ora, Craig Murray here from the New Zealand Small Business. An Entrepreneur Festival podcast delivered to you by DHL helping connect your small business or business to the world. Today, we are again, very lucky. We've got Tim Jones on from Grow Good, and we're going to be going into B Corp. So if you don't know anything about B Corp, you will after this podcast. So without further ado, I would like to bring in Tim. Kia ora. Kia ora. How's it going? Very well, thank you. i having a good day, like always. I'm based here in Rotorua in the middle of the North Island in New Zealand. And how about yourself?
0: We are representing Otatahi Christchurch down in the deep oh. south. Cheeky 23 degrees, mate. So, you know, the winterless north has got nothing compared to down here.
1: It's 27 <laughs> here. So, all there right, you, you, you win. Go.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. We're getting into summer. I love it. Um, New Zealand's favorite time of the year, summer leading up into Christmas camping, surfing, fishing, it's always always good fun. Hey, so um, similar to all of the starts of our podcast, I, I really like to our audience to get to know you a little bit. So I'd like to start with you explaining to our audience what your very first job was. So this could be getting pocket money from your parents, mm-hmm. delivering newspapers, working in the camp, whatever that might be. And then this lead into your um, sort of professional career and how you got to Start up the business that you're in now, yeah. Then we'll get into B Corp.
0: sure. Um, so I think like my very first job was maybe washing pots and pans in a hotel um kitchen in the summer holidays when I was at school, or it might have been working as a farmhand around about the same time. I think I, I know I definitely the this summer after school finished, I worked on a farm for six months between school and uni. Um, yeah, so pretty bottom end jobs, nothing uh, nothing too flash. Um, how did I get to where I am today? Um, that's a great question. Start out, so w- when I left, um, so went to university, I'm originally from the UK, went to university in Cardiff, studied medieval history, um, which is obviously setting you up really nicely for nothing in life other than maybe being a librarian or a history teacher is, is what my school was thinking I'd, I'd achieve. Um, I actually then, uh, what I really wanted to do was join the British Army, but I got um, told I wasn't wasn't capable enough to be an officer in the Army. So I went to Australia for a year uh, lived in Brisbane. Um, this was sort of 2000, 2001-ish, I think. quite like a lifetime ago. Um, spent the time, some good times hanging out in Brisbane um, and then realised actually that just sort of bumming around Aussie was fun, but you're not pretty paid any money and you can't go and do anything. So I thought I'd go home and get a proper job. So I ended up... Um, Getting back home, and I got a job selling medical devices, as you do. So, yeah, selling hips and knees. I got on the, the uh, graduate training program for Johnson & Johnson, global, big, massive company. Did a year in the UK, met a Kiwi girl, um, and then got dragged over to New Zealand 2004. Spent the next sort of 10 or so years selling medical devices. Got out of that... Um, It was it was the earthquakes down here in Christchurch, followed by birth of daughter 2012. Had a bit of a rejig of the mindset in terms of what I was doing or what I wanted to do. So left the medical world, got into uh, a leadership position as general manager for a firm of surveyors and engineers based down here in Christchurch. And did that for about 18 months. And I'd always had a, a desire to get into coaching and training. And so. Realised that yeah, working with engineers and surveyors wasn't really my bag, and uh, managed to sort of network my way into an interview situation with a trading company who were looking for full-time coaches and trainers. Managed to get that job. Did that for about nine months, and then unfortunately a whole load of us got made redundant. And so late 2015, I kind of was thinking, well, you know, I would have been, I would have been probably mid 30s. I was kind of thinking if I don't. Give my own thing a go now. I'm just going to get too old, and I'll never do it. You know, there's never going to be a good time to try and quit the the corporate rat race. You always feel like you need a bit more money or a bit more experience. But I generally sort of thought this is a this is a moment in life here. That if I don't give my own thing a go, and I discovered the B Corp framework and movement by this point, and there were there were like two in New Zealand at this time, so it wasn't like oh I'll just go and work for a B Corp. Um, yeah, I, I kind of ended up late 2015 starting my own business. And um, here I am. Yeah. feels like it's been a lifetime though. COVID years and dog years, it feels like. It's been <laughs> like 30, 30 years, but not quite that long.
1: <laughs> Very good. So could you tell our, our audience a little bit about what Grow Good is sure. all about?
0: So Grow Good, my, my tagline is purpose Fuel performance. So purpose for individuals and organizations is this kind of nuclear-powered level fuel that once you tap into it, you go to amazing places. So that's what I'm all about is helping individuals and organizations work out how they can get more purpose. Fundamentally, they can do more good in their life, whether that's as an individual, or as an organization. And that's kind of really underpinned or supported by this B Corp framework, which is a mechanism and a tool to prove the good that you're doing as a business. Yeah, so it's it's firmly focused on helping organizations do more good in the world, hence grow good.
1: Can you explain to our audience what B Corp is?
0: So B Corp is a certification framework that um, is administered by a third party organization called B Lab, which confuses some people. So there are multiple B Labs around the world. Our our local regional one is B Lab ANZ, um, Australia, New Zealand, based in Melbourne. So B Lab runs this certification framework, which enables organizations like mine and 4,000 plus other ones around the world to become certified b corporations and essentially what it means to to become certified it means that you have met the highest standards of transparency and accountability around your social and environmental footprint that has been independently verified by a third party because it's really easy to claim that you're doing a lot of good um, but when you kind of scratch the surface on some of those claims it's like well okay you've you're not really doing that much good and you know, it's there's no verification that you actually are doing it. So that's essentially what the framework is about.
1: So what does the B stand for?
0: So the B stands for benefit. So the the, the idea behind B Corporation is beyond making a profit. And so to become a B Corp, you have to be a for-profit business um, and you have to be in operation for more than 12 months. So the B stands for benefit. So the, the concept behind it is rather than just providing a benefit to your shareholders, which is pretty much the only thing a business has to do is trade um, within the rules and regulations, you know, legally within within the rules and regulations of your country or, or the countries you're working in and are to, to run a profit. That's the two things you need to do as, as, a, as a business or as a business owner. So the, the B Corp, the B stands for benefit. And the idea is that um, as a business, you do have um, an obligation to think about how you're operating in terms of your customers, your workers, your supply chain, um, you know, the planet. So that the idea behind b corporations to be a, a net benefit to everyone not just your um your shareholders or your owners and directors
1: so for a small business out there now who may have just heard about b corp or, or have been considering signing up is that what you'd say it would be called yep what is the value proposition for a business to become a b corp
0: yep so Pretty much the, the businesses I'm working with to help them go on the journey is there, there's four main areas of pressure that's coming on. So employees increasingly want to work for organizations that can prove and demonstrate that they're doing something more than just making money. Customers, similarly, they, they are... You look at some of the B Corp brands, and and they might not necessarily be B Corp brands, but brands that are genuinely doing good in the world, and they have customers who are evangelical in their levels of commitment to the brand. And again, if you look at, there's a whole heap of stats and evidence, and and I can we can provide a link to, you know, the data points showing that particularly the customers and employees want to support organisations that can pr- not just claim they're doing good, but can prove that they're doing good. The next one is supply chain. So I had a call with a company um, late last week. They um, are in the apparel market. They've had a notification from one of their biggest uh, retail customers saying, hey, we want to get a a handle on what your social and environmental uh, impact is as a business. And they're sitting there going, well, we've started doing some stuff. We've started making some um, changes within the business, but we don't know if that's what you want and if that's enough. And so I had a conversation with them and I said, well, if, if you go down the B Corp route, you'll be able to basically go back to them with a report to say, well, this is everything we're doing. So supply chain is definitely putting pressure on and that's coming from both ways. So um, looking at the big end of town, Sinlay is a B Corp. And one of the reasons they um, started to look at that journey was because one of their biggest customers, Danone, which is one of the world's biggest companies was certifying their companies one by one sort of globally. So there's the supply chain, pressure is coming from that way but equally we're getting more and more smaller businesses and and bigger businesses certifying and they're kind of putting um, I guess almost like reverse pressure on their supply chains or or coming to their customers so supply chain is a big one but um, and also investors Um, again this was at the big end of town but in May uh, this year uh, ANZ Bank issued a 100 million dollar what's called ESG back loan so environment social governance back loan to Kathmandu one of the biggest B Corps in our region which is basically linked to them being a B Corp and increasing their B Corp score over time. So that's at the big end of town, but there is definite movement in the investment market, Um, private equity. um, A lot of investors are now starting to go, well, great, you've got a nice business and it looks like it's going to be really profitable, but so what? We want to know what you're doing around your social and environmental impacts because you're you're kind of de-risking a business um, in terms of the investment side of things by knowing that it's not you know ripping off customers or suppliers or not being a complete you know what's it in terms of its environmental and the social impact so the four main bits of every business that every business needs are all getting it and, and seeing that they want to, they want to work with organizations that can prove they're doing the good
1: how many businesses in new zealand are already certified and are you able to sort of name a couple of them or you just it, did one before but
0: totally so there's Believe it's 48. Currently, it is a bit of a moving feast because they, they come through um, fairly regularly and it ranges of, of all sorts. Um, at the big end of town, we've got Kiwi Bank as a B Corp. Um, I've said Sinelay is a B Corp. Kathmandu is a B Corp. Uh, the Co-op Bank is a B Corp. Eco Store is a B Corp. But then we've got a heap of smaller businesses um, like we've got Flashworks Media based here in Christchurch. You know, John Joe, pretty small team. Uh, we've got companies like blacksmith who are a leadership, um, consulting training company in Auckland, small team. Um, we've got Natahi communications down here in Christchurch, uh, Hannah, and then we've got, I guess, some medium sized companies that would probably be might might be well known like banker. Um, the, they do, um, financial literacy for, for school kids. They're a B Corp. Etique, um, probably my favorite B Corp. Um, you know, the solid bar beauty, health and beauty products. Um, yeah, quite a mix. And, and you can go to uh, bcorporation.com.au and you can search the B Corp directory for a list of all B Corps around the world. So once you are certified, it, it, anyone can go and see what points you've scored and where you are and what you're doing. So yeah, if you want to check out the list, um, check it out.
1: I, I normally ask at the start of the podcast, all of our guests what their favorite brand is and why that is. Have you got a favorite... B Corp brand and why that brand would be your favorite B Corp brand?
0: Yep. I, it, and it probably would be a teak. Um, So Atik, I think they would be Corp number three in New Zealand. So they mm-hmm. were like way ahead of the curve. So before it's, you know, it's kind of almost become, okay, we're 48, but it is, it is almost becoming a thing here. And we can talk about mm-hmm. some of the numbers kind of coming through and, and um, what's having, happening there. But They've historically been the highest scoring B Corp in New Zealand since they certified, which is no mean feat to score highly on this assessment. But the thing that I really like about them is it's really hard to hate them. Like it's, there are some brands that they kind of go, oh, look at us, we're, you know, we're on the path to carbon zero. Meanwhile, you know, they've made a whole lot of staff redundant or they're doing something really bad somewhere else. But the focus on the, you know, on the on the marketing side is, yeah, but we're we're doing something vaguely good over here. Whereas when you look at a tick, because they're such a high-scoring B Corp, it, it's genuinely hard to hate them. You, you just look at everything that they do and go, you're just really good. It's like, <laughs> you know, your product's good. It's recyclable. It's sent in a recyclable packaging. It's non-toxic. Um, they've got, uh, they use, uh, you know, an ethical and socially um, beneficial supply chain to get some of their the products uh, you know, or some of the raw materials that go into their products. It's just like, it's really hard to hate you. And I think for me, that that's the... That's the key for a brand to be thinking about is where can someone throw a rock at us today where we're not doing as good as we could do.
1: So what is the ROI on being becoming a B Corp?
0: Yep. Um there's a lot of data points. Like I said, I, we, we I'll probably send you through like an attachment where it's got like, you know. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, and we'll, the, yep. we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but a couple of really specific points. So one um, is from 2018 uh from it's a a uk journal called the grocer which is all about sort of fmcg consumer retail brands in the uk but in 2018 um the 150 certified b corps that were registered at the time outperformed the market significantly so i think their average growth in 2018 was 14 percent compared to 0.5 percent growth of gdp for the general market so and i think let me get uh The detail will be in the document, but I'm pretty sure it was a third of them said that they'd attracted new customers since certifying. And 50% said that they'd had prospective staff want to join them explicitly because they were a B Corp. The other um, main study we've got is from the University of Ghent in Belgium. And they took a data set of B Corp performance between 2012 and 2018 of all the European B Corps. And basically they showed empirically that b corp certification had a positive impact on turnover growth rate one year pre versus one year post certification so if you this this is why for me the b corp argument is a slam dunk argument because if you're looking for more customers more better employees or you want to retain your good employees you're looking to to get in better with your supply chain you're looking for money if you just want to make more money you should be a b corp but if you actually care about the planet and people then you should be a b corp so it's like it's it's a slam dunk argument whichever way you look at it um but for me, it's more most of the B Corps that are doing it really are doing it because it's the mindset and the intent that they want to show that they're doing good. But there are definite. The other thing to, to mention as well, actually, is um, 2020 B Lab, which, like I say, is the organization that um, runs the um, the global certification framework. They. Um, launched their impact report. So they basically collect data points from around the world showing, you know, well, what are the B Corps globally doing? Because I guess they get to collect um, a whole lot of this data. Um, If you, and looking at some of their data points, so in 2020, so in a global pandemic, 52% of B Corps globally hired more employees. 47% Forty-seven percent of B Corps experienced employee growth of more than fifteen percent, and two-thirds of all B Corps saw an increase in revenue in 2020. And they had similar data from the 2008 sort of global financial crisis that showed that in general, the B Corp community was more resilient to the shocks and and the you know the, the sort of the black swan events compared to non-B Corp um, peers or competitors. So there are it's almost like show me the reason why you wouldn't do it rather than what is the reason why we should do it. But it would, it would all depend on a case by case basis. Like what what's and when I'm working with companies to sort of see if B Corp is a thing for them, I'll typically say to the CEO or the managing director or, or the senior leadership team or the owner, like what are the top three things keeping you awake at night? Because it could be that B Corp could help you solve one of those things. And typically it does. You know, it's like we're looking for better stuff. Cool. Well B Corp will definitely help you do that. You know, we're looking for investment. Cool. B Corp's gonna help you do that.
1: What what do you think are some of the challenges to become a B Corp?
0: Yep. Um, It can be challenging for organisations of all sizes. So my my business is pretty much me. And Mm -hmm. the, the challenge I have is time. You know, small business owner, there are never enough hours in the day. You get to Friday, you could open up this assessment and have a look at it, or you could go and stop and have a beer or go and catch up with your mates or go for a run or go for a bike ride, whatever it is. So for smaller businesses, it's typically time and resource, just actually sitting down. For slightly larger companies, it typically becomes, hang on a minute, we need to get hold of Dave or Tracy or Stu or Sarah or whoever to get this piece of information so we can fill in these these questions. And I can't get hold of them and they're really busy and they actually don't care so much about this assessment as much as I do. So yeah, depending on the on the size and scale of the business, <clears throat> The assessment is, it's hard and it's hard for a reason. It's not just, you know, here's here's my money, give me a certificate on the wall. There is a little bit of mahi that you have to do in there. And sometimes, and and that's where I step in and and can help people is it's sometimes it's like, I just need someone to help me understand what I need to do here and just, you know, give me a process to help me get through it. So yeah, but typically it's time and resource for small companies and complexity can be the challenge at at the medium enterprise level.
1: So timeframes from when you start the certification process to when you're
0: certified, what's the sort of average timeframe there? Yep. So at the minute there is huge demand in the system. So for the, the more medium complex entities, it currently can take between three to five months. Mm-hmm. For smaller enterprises, so I'm currently working with a handful of smaller businesses, it can be maybe a couple of months before um, you, you, you're sort of fully certified.
1: Cool. so i'm trying to get my head around it for for my business that i so yep. i run an events company mm-hmm. and so if i if I was to become a b corp any supplier or contractor that i would use would need to be work within a a, a guideline or frame framework and to ensure that they meet the requirements or or
0: so or they, how, they how would that work yep so they could do so mm. the assessment is is basically an initial online self-assessment that you undertake. So anyone can go to B, it's like letter B, impactassessment.net. It's completely free to take the assessment. And I would 100% advise you to go and have a look at the assessment because you will you'll be asked questions of your business that you just historically have never even thought of that will just prompt ideas. Typically, you will find some cost-saving ideas just from having a look at the assessment. Um, it will help you maybe um, formulate ideas that you've had about where you want to do more good but you just didn't know how to go about it. So totally go and have a look at it. The assessment is a mixture of um like if you take any type kind of online questionnaire, you have like the radio buttons, you know, where you can only tick one answer, or it's a it's a multi-tick box exercise. And the way it works is it's a positive screening to prove the good that you're doing. It's not a negative screening of the bad that you might be doing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Your business is assessed across five areas. So it looks at your governance. So who owns your business and how transparent is the business in terms of its general reporting about what you do? Plus also how committed are you to making purpose and and doing good a core part of your business? The second part looks at your employees, if you have them. If you don't have any employees, you don't answer questions on employees. The next part looks at community, which is a lot of questions around your supply chain. So this is where you would be able to say, well, yep, we do have an ethical supply chain. And there are, you can have um, you would get points for having like an ethical um, supply chain policy in place where you have educated your supply chain to say, right, well, well, we want you to be guaranteed to be meeting the local um, labour laws. We want you... To, Ideally, if you have a third-party independent certification around something that you're doing, so it could be that you have someone in your supply chain who's child labor-free certified, or they are carbon-zero certified. It's like, cool, yep. Yeah. So you would ideally give advantages to those uh, in your supply chain. The supply, the uh, community also looks at, and for someone like yourself, um, you'd probably score quite highly in this area. Like, how? How are you enabling your local community to have opportunities to to work with your business? And what are you you giving back to your local community? Then you have your environment, which is pretty much your power usage, your carbon emissions, your water usage, um, depending if you have a product or a service. I'll talk about that in a second. And then the last area is your customer model. So what are you selling and to whom and what benefit does that provide? The one thing to note is there is no one assessment. There is about seventy different assessments because obviously Sinle will take a vastly different assessment to you if you went through and did it, or or me, and equally, Kathmandu would be slightly different to Sinle because even though they're both kind of big, hairy ass businesses, one is making a an agricultural based product whilst one has a clothing based product. So, but Kathmandu versus Patagonia, they would take pretty much exactly the same assessment. And the smart people behind the scenes will go, cool. Okay, yeah, Kathmandu have scored, I think they scored 80.5 or 81, I can't remember. Like their, their score is the smart people behind the scenes kind of put the algorithms and, and harmonize it all so that the scores are um, benchmarked against each other, although they, they you have taken a different assessment, if that makes sense. Hmm. And so to, to, to certify, you need to score 80 out of 200 on, on the assessment. And people kind of go, well, that's easy. It's not even half marks. But most companies that take the assessment for the first time and haven't been thinking in a B Corp way will score between 40 and 50 points. So that even beginning 80, you're doing significantly better than the market.
1: So once I become a B Corp, how do I build that into my brain so, to say that, hey, look, I'm a B Corp. And this, yep. is, this is another lever that you could potentially yep. um, pull on to say, look, um, um, we're for the better, good for the environment yep. and the people as well.
0: Totally. And and I think you've hit the nail firmly on the head because there are some brands that do this better than others. And I think the, the, cha- the challenge we have is as Kiwis, we're pretty humble. As Kiwis doing good, we're even more humble. And in sometimes there's a real reticence to talk about the good that we're doing in our businesses. We kind of, are, I don't want to talk about how I'm, you know, I help out down the local community center or we've given off, we've given away some product here to a local, like we kind of just, we just do that and that's cool. But I kind of feel right now, we need more good news stories and and mm-hmm. th- there's a really cool um, survey. It's called the Colmar Brunton Better Futures Report. And essentially they look at social and environmental issues that are dear to the heart of, of Kiwis and Pretty much year on year, they they tell us what Kiwis care about, and then they ask you to identify brands that you see are making a difference. And Kiwis are really struggling to to find the brands that can clearly demonstrate that they're doing more good than they kind of need to be doing. So there is a massive opportunity to be authentic in talking about the good that you're doing. And that's, that's the key thing. People, and this is how you bring the, the consumer and the sort of talent attraction piece on the journey is by authentically telling the story of the good that you're doing that, that comes from that deep desire to do the good, which is the whole purpose piece. And this is the key, but, and, and you know, we were sort of talking about just before we came on about the CMO podcast, the Chief Marketing Officer podcast. And this this is the challenge is there is a lot of what I call purpose light out there, where people are sort of talking about the rainbows and unicorns. Oh, look at us. Aren't we amazing? But you scratch the surface a little bit. And actually, it's a pure marketing exercise. Whereas, again, someone like Atik, like Brianne, her whole mission, so Brianne's the CEO, her whole mission is to rid the world of plastic bottles and stop shipping water and toxic chemicals in shampoo bottles around the world. And, and that just manifests in everything. And, and you can see that sense of authenticity in the stories that she's telling and how she goes about her business. Whereas in other brands, it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of just get the sense that this is a marketing exercise. And that's why for me, like the, the baking the purpose into the organization, which is the B Corp framework can help you understand where we're doing good and where we want to do more good. But, and, and that's kind of like the logical part of your brain. It's like, okay, we we, we can measure this. We've got report here. We can benchmark what we're doing. But the key is to bring that into almost like the spiritual or metaphysical part of it and go, well, but why do we care about doing that good? And who cares about the good that we are doing? And that and that's the loop you need to close as an organization moving forward into you know 2022. Is yeah, do do that authentically. Tell the story, pull pull out the human story of the good that you're doing. It's a slam dunk.
1: What sort of investment is it for a business to become or go through the certification? And is there an annual? fee or monthly fee or something like that as well yep.
0: so like i say to go and take the assessment it's completely free and you, you can do the assessment as many times as you want you only need to pay money when you want to have your um, self-assessment verified to get your little certificate to prove that you know you're doing what you're doing and that's based on a revenue on a sliding scale of revenue so depending on what your annual revenue is there's a sliding scale again we can we can get a link to that Um, or I've got got a snapshot of that which we can put it in there but it starts from like a thousand bucks a year so the smallest business um, I think it's up to 150,000 revenue um, pays a thousand bucks a year so you pay your certification fee annually but you do the recertification process every three years.
1: What do you think are some of the challenges for the B Corp in general?
0: Um, the, I think the two biggest challenges they've got, are the, well, the, the biggest challenge is capacity in the in the system to get enough B Corps through. Like I say, capacity globally. So again, 2020, 25% growth in the B Corp community globally. So it's becoming a thing. Um, that's one of the biggest challenges. I think in New Zealand we're we're at a tipping point where you know if you did the old family fortunes, we stopped 100 Kiwis in Rotorua and said, "Hey, B Corp," um, well we'd get your wife, but we wouldn't have got you maybe. A couple of weeks ago so uh, in terms of that consumer um facing uh you know recognition of the brand i think we, we're still early days but like i said you know we've got Kimi Bank, who've just joined and, and i know that they're wanting to work out how do they help spread the message you know we've had co-op bank join recently we've got, we've got some some big organizations at the big end of town who've got some marketing clout and i'm kind of hoping that they will get on the bandwagon and start you know, getting the B out there and explaining to their customers and other stakeholders. Kathmandu did a really good job when they certified, I think it might have been 18 months ago, like they had the B Corp logo in all their stores and they were pretty, you know, uh, pretty good at trying to tell people what, what it is and why we did it. And so the, the more we get along that, but yeah, that, that those would be the two, the main challenges.
1: So how do you help a business who's going through the process
0: Yep. So I guess the best way to think about it is that like you, you have to take an exam. I've taken that exam quite a few times and I have a little cheat sheet of answers that I know what you need to put in. So really, it's about, you know, getting through the assessment more quickly. I lock you into, sort of, right, we're going to be here, at, you know, Tuesday at two o'clock. You need to be there. We're going to go through another block of questions. So it's a bit of accountability. I've also got a ton of um, resources. So there's quite a lot of, where where a lot of small businesses struggle is, you know, there are points on offer for policies and procedures. A lot of small businesses don't have that. Well, I've got a whole load of those. So it's like, as long as you're genuinely gonna implement like a code of ethics, maybe there's only you and two part-time contractors, but it's like, hey, well, why not have one? Go and have that conversation with your two contractors and say, we need to raise our game and we need to be held accountable. So there's a whole load of, yeah, policy documents, things like that. I guess the two most important things, though, is I try and make it a heap of fun because it can be quite dry. Just going through like 200 questions asked about your business. So um, we, we um, can quite typically with smaller businesses, we work together as a cohort model. So you might be going through with six other similar type businesses. They might even be competitors. But hey, who cares? Like you're, you're going through this to be better and to and to see how you can do more good in the world. And quite often collaborating with you know, competitors in inverted commas is where some of the, the real gold is. Um, And we also build a bit of community around it. So we've got a private membership group where people who we're working with and have gone through the the, the process, they can connect. They can share ideas. They can share battle scars and war stories and, you know, network and and connect.
1: If a business is considering it and just want to learn a little bit more, what was the website?
0: So they can go and have a look at bcorporation.com.au. Um, or they can go to my website growgood.co and there's a bit of information on there i've also got an ebook um called the the what why and how of b corp certification which more than happy to yeah put a link up or or get that somewhere which it's kind of like my summary overview of like what what is this movement where does it come from how do you go about it and why should you do it it's got some of the stats that we talked about a bit earlier on in terms of that roi piece
1: we'll make sure that we put that in the youtube and um, podcast host links um, and then the show notes and things like that as well and on our website which is nzsmefestival.com so we're wrapping up now to our last question uh, for you so thank thanks so much for your time what advice would you give a small business today who is is who could be considering a B Corp? what what's the the step process you think they should do
0: yep um i guess firstly i'd have a real good look around your you know your sort of business community. Check in with your customers. Check in with your employees. Check in with your supply chain. Check in with the people that might be invested in you, or you know, see if it is if it's a thing. If you are in a you know consumer facing industry, or particularly sort of uh, food, health, and beauty. Um, if you're an exporter, I would definitely be looking at this. Um, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise helped 43 companies go through a B Corp. Um, I guess I guess like a, a look, at, look into B Corp and if it's for them in sort of May, June, July. For a lot of those companies, they recognize pretty quickly that if you're exporting into North America or Northern Europe, it's not far away from B Corp becoming table stakes for you to be in those in those regions. So, if you're an exporter, if you're in certain brand sectors or industry sectors, th- this is a thing now and you should definitely be looking at it. Um, like I say, go, go and have a look at this. It's completely free to go and have a look at the assessment. You'll just find stuff. There'll be questions that you have not asked yourself. Um, and it can be a really useful uh, team experience just to have a look through the questions and go, oh, I didn't think that was a thing. Because I, I think that's probably the piece to really, really hit home with is if you nail the Nail the B Corp journey, by, and bring the team on the journey with you, and let your your entire team understand and connect to the good that you're doing and why they're doing it. It's such an uplift and engagement uh, from from your from the staff that you have currently got. So just getting the team together and having a quick look through the assessment, I would totally advise doing that because you'll just there'll be a, there'll be an uplift and there'll be stuff there'll be you know give the team the option. To provide some ideas and suggestions as to how you can do more good that is meaningful to them, that lets them see that you care as a business owner about, you know, doing more good.
1: Well, Tim, I think that's probably the perfect way to wrap up this our podcast. Um, I reckon we've learned about what B Corp is now, and we're going to make sure that in the show notes that there's links to go to see um, your ebook, the E Corp website, and also the B Lab ANZ as well. To see how the certification process goes, but hey, I, I, I want to really thank you for your time, Tim. It's been awesome. Um, cool. I've learned thank a lot you.
0: myself, and yeah, I hope everyone out there has as well. Awesome! Thanks for the opportunity, man. And love what you're doing. I think it's 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 kind of it's like so blindingly obvious that we should have had a conference event for small to medium <laughs> enterprises, and no one had done it. So go you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hope to see you there, man. Also, yeah, thanks man. again for your time.
0: So yeah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found it interesting, informative and inspirational. I'd love to know where you are on your b journey and if you have any specific questions or people that you'd like me to interview to help you on that journey, please do let me know. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube for other content that you might like also. And finally, if you think that we might be able to do some epic work together, you can check out how that can happen through my website www.growgood.co until next time be better